Yo, everybody. How y'all doing? This is the Bodega Board Group Podcast, Volume 9, Episode 9. Hope you guys have been having a good time out there. Um, Swell's been a little inconsistent. I had uh, some fun logging down at Doho uh, last week. Uh, Swell's been a little bit better there. I had some client meetings, so I could sneak in a couple of sessions. So that's been kind of fun. Uh, I've been changing up the fin setup, and I kind of like it a little bit more. Uh, besides that, I've been surfing a little bit at Topanga, uh, trying out some new boards that I've been getting. Uh, I'm trying out a couple of mid-lengths uh, to see what I want to get custom made for me uh, in the new year. So I think the smart move is buying some used boards uh, that are in the range of what I want and then going back to uh, Tyler Herzikian with my feedback on what I tried and getting him to make, I guess, what's going to be one of my nicer sleds. Um, but it's been fun and I like this 7.6 uh, Takeyama Devin Howard Mini which is a, not a knockoff, but it's kind of a copy of what Tyler made for Devin already. Uh, so I, I wrote that, and today I wrote it during the eclipse with uh, the person we like to call my surf wife, Jacqueline, and uh, caught a couple of fun waves, and I think I'm figuring the board out, so I like it. It's a big difference from the boards I usually surf, which are like super flat hulls and um, just flat as fuck boards, which I tend to like a lot. But it's interesting to surf something with a little bit more rocker, a little bit more dynamic shape to it. Uh, so that's been fun. Um, speaking of Topanga, I mean, I think the vibe was pretty good today. But, you know, I'm going to say one thing, and everyone knows this that surfs there, is that, you know, it gets this this reputation for being a shitty vibe place, which it can be. But that's honestly, like, it doesn't have to be. There's a lot of really chill people out there who like to have a good time. But there tends to be, you know, there's, I would say there's about 10 people and they know who the fuck they are, who like to come, who like to bring their baggage from home and complain about shit and talk too much in the lineup and try to act like, you know, this is their spot and stuff. And, you know, I'm just going to say this honestly, when, when it comes to Topanga, unless you were raised in the shacks that used to exist on the, on the hillside, you're not a local. Like you could have been surfing there for 10 years, but it still doesn't make you local. You can be chill with other people. You don't have to get all aggro. So, you know, I think I think just just be smart and have fun. But anyway, without harping too much on bullshit over there, it's still a really fun wave. So with that, um, in this episode, uh, we have an interview with Sean Tully. I don't know if you guys know Sean Tully. He's a logger. He also has this, he's an artist and he has this art project called Innocence uh, and the Innocence Gallery. Uh, where he curates shows and uh, does a lot of really cool projects. He just did something with Globe uh, where he had a bunch of artists design uh, skateboards for them uh, that was featured at General Mission and at their flagship store that opened up in Hermosa. Uh, He also has this really cool contest that he's going to talk about called uh, One Wave, One Fin, which for me, I think it's kind of the future of surfing contests uh, with how social media is and how technology is. Uh, and he'll go more into that and we'll go more into that. But uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com. That's where we list all the tracks that we're going to be spinning here, uh, where we list uh, links to things that we talk about and links to uh, people that we talk with. Um, so with that, I want to just lead you into a couple of tracks. I'll check back with you later and then we'll get back into the interview. See you then. Peace. Peace. 
check it out. Swing a bat on you like the devil himself. Put it on in sickness or health. Make it you could only breathe with help. I ain't playing. You don't wanna hear what you're saying yourself. Hit the street with incredible beats. We renowned for tearing it down. Never have you heard a similar sound. Like a drop off when shit pop off, feel a hot one. Side scorching from a hot gun. Niggas get lost in the buildings with money and the children. Not the type to talk too much to catch feelings. Dominican flag over the bed on the ceiling. Protect everything I rep. That's the first thing. Many things follow. Bullets stay hollow. You acting like if we don't chew, you can't swallow. Niggas try to change my plans. I'ma beat you till I break my hands. Do the German every place I stand. <laughs> It's big sight, baby. You don't want no problem. If suckers want war, then yo, bomber. Bring the heat, squeeze the flame torch. Then peel out in a convertible gray Porsche. I'm three miles ahead of you. I took the plates off. Just in case a snitch wanna get paid off. Pull out the chainsaw. It's a musical massacre. Cut the head off the driver and the passenger. Sick my dogs after you. Have you climbing a tree? Just another crime in the street. Ain't nothing better than finding a beat. So if you find that and try to blow my spot up, get shot up. Means it's over, bro. Method Man on the remix, it's over, yo. Beat nuts, flip the beat, it's over, yo. It's a beat nuts thing, yo. You know how that go. Come on. What kind of beat nut am I? Spanish fly, P O P P I. Who got the lot special guest for the night? Excuse me as I kiss you. Yo, one on one through the nasal. To put food on the table, I brush associated labels. Yo. Ready, willing, and able to rock cradle and rock steady. When I get the drop, I drop heavy. Twist the metal mask. And machete. The guard don't want beef, he want veggie. Plus science over deadly metal. Who got him gassed on his own Getty? Battery back, he ever ready. Now what's fucking with that, huh? Not you, you chokcha. I fuck with beat nuts. Living la vida loca. Gallete la boca. See the Spanish fly on the sofa. One word, he slapped you with the toaster. Keep it in the holster on safety. Put yourself in timeout. Playing with this dough, let me find out. You ain't hard to find, though. Barrel on your tonsils. She got a blind, though. He she got my mind, though. <laughs> Your back get a chill. Let's build. Want to talk about skill? I spit like a semi-automatic to the grill. Elbow grease and elbow boom. Baby, play me. Baby, fall down. Go boom. Party people gather round. Count down to apocalypse. I'm the kid with the golden arms. And I'm the motherfucking hot nicks. Pass the blunt. My nigga, don't front. You had it for a minute, but it seemed like a month. Now I'm choking, smoking, hoping I don't croak in from overdosing. Hey kid, when the mouth got you open, let's ride. Can't stand niggas that floss too much. Can't stand Bentleys, they cost too much. Can't wanna get up, then can't get touched. Can't wanna stick up, then can't get stuck. I'm the one that calls you bluff when your boy try to act tough. Remember what old Dirty said, I'll fuck your ass up.
with styles extremists Forehead beamers run wild as the kid with the gold cup Stepped out like what? Was poppin' and y'all niggas drove up blasting Shay Shay chocolate saute Rich Kellamox rock those all day 1960s shit I'm goldy That's right motherfucker don't hold me The world's greatest Las Vegas paid his rock Skin painted on my face look ageless Perfect combos Ghost bang out condos Jeff from homo X we bong those bank rolls Stank hoes and plain clothes Chains those bang those Same old same old Straight up, this the jump off right here. The gravel pit, word up, representing rockin' boulders. All my rich gangster style killers, y'all know what time it is. Shorty, do your thing, get up on that right now, boo. Do yeah. you? That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Step to my groove, move like this when we shoot the gift. Of course it's ruthless. Grab the mic with no excuses in a sec. Grab the text and loot this. Executing, shaking all sets, and now I'm breaking all hex. I'm taking all bets. Move on best. Who won't the draw next? You won't stink, we got the bigger bank. Bigger shank to fill your tank. Still the same kill for real. Ride and crank, slide, do or die. Fry the bait, admire the grades. On fire with a heart of hate. Bitter shark, every part I take. Heavy darts to quake. It's okay, all fakes. Get caught by the drop kicks. You know the thrill, yes, it's Park Hill. Yo, we hit him with the hot grits. On the go, check the flow. Singing woo, don't rock shit. Stop quick, hold the gossip. Stop sweating my pockets. I hear the hot shit. To the head of Fort Green. Now I see everything. Niggas who sling. Shout and cast on inside of Bing. Bobby Digital got the golden silk sting. Rhyme star. I write a hundred thousand dollar ball. My tennis like combo delete your power ball. Dr. Octopus Tentacles. Sing a simple song. Bob Digital Instrumental. Nothing's identical. You fighter. Y'all writer. Mr. Potato Head or Ida. Deep fried kick who cut. What's it who cut? Fucks your whole LP up. You must be stupid, you liar. I'm the real fire. Live wire.
like a Heineken As we go inside the mind again Never minded men dropping gem candy shine again Most definite Let this be my last will and testament For the pessimist Exercise for the exorcist Johnny Treacherous Like three I'm supposed to be perpetuous Decimate the poetry Get everything that's close to me The lecturers Jonathan King of the seven seas Battle with Leviathan The Methodist Poly to your deficit Hit it up If I can't live it up Somebody gotta give it up John Jay Blow him out the water Dr. Bombay Your bitch look like Strong Jay Rubbing me the wrong way Burn one and saute Bringing you different ways of sword play They busting bullets over Broadway Deep cover I'm like Larry when the fish burn I burn rubber Cause I'm not an easy lover Ten to midnight Butt naked with a knife Ask my A.I. likes I've been crazy all my life Hard time, homicide, time fly, do or die Crooked ass and crooked eyes Scripture from the dark side Johnny Five, I reside In the killer beehive Only the strong gon' survive From the depths of the killer to the top and now born Wildin' on Staten Island, be the poet John John Can't forget Bobby, if I did I feel chip Like my sandwich ain't a sandwich without Miracle Whip From the depths of the killer to the top and now born Wildin' on Staten Island, be the poet John John Can't forget Digi, if I did I feel chip Like my sandwich ain't a sandwich without Miracle Whip Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to uh, check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, for links to merch, links to the tracks that we're spinning here, uh, links to things that we're talking about and talking with. Um, right now, here's an interview I did with Sean Tully. It was done on Venice Beach, so there's a little bit of noise in the background, or a lot of bit of noise. Planes fly by, like shit like that. Um, luckily, there are no fucking crackheads, but I think it's a really good insight into someone who's been in the scene, who, who's a second-generation uh, surfer, and their love for logging, and also, you know, the perspective of being an artist, and how you can be a surfer artist and not have to, like, do surf art. Which a lot of people tend to think that like you got to do like paintings of sunsets and palm trees and patterns of fins and shit. Like it's really good to see that, you know, there's a separation there. Um, so here's an interview and I hope you enjoy. Where were you born and where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in, in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, so you're native. Yeah. I was born over in Lincoln Heights at the USC, USC Medical Hospital. And uh, and then yeah, I just kind of grew up around LA. Uh, my mom lived in uh, in the valley, in one of the valleys, and then my dad lived over in Venice. Okay. And so uh, it was kind of a mix between those two. And then when I was 18, I moved to Ventura, 
and I lived there for a substantial part of my life, and then back in LA now. Nice. Yeah. Um, how was surfing passed down to you? Like, when was your like your first experience with it? Uh, I think Endless Summer, the original Endless Summer, might uh-huh. have been like my first recollection of surfing, and then. Um, yeah, like went on like a family trip and I was when we were you know, obviously when, like we were kids and stuff and 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 then how old were you when that like roughly? Um, I think my first I, my mom has a picture of my first wave of me like laying on a board. I think that was probably like I was maybe like like four or something Holy like shit, that. Wow. Like, yeah, maybe like four. But I didn't really get into like uh, I, like I didn't get certified like addicted to surfing until I was like twelve. Uh-huh. When I got my first custom uh, shape uh, shape surfboard. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, and, <laughs> you, you get think, nice equipment. You're like, ah. yeah. yeah, I had my name on it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was at that point that I was like, all right, this is what I'm doing with my life. And where were like where were you like when when you were 12 and you had this custom board? Where were you surfing? Um, going surfing here in Venice a lot by the pier. Uh-huh. Uh, pops would. And I would, he'd take me on trips, you know, so we'd go to, like, go to Mexico or Costa Rica and stuff like that. And then, like, just been surfing Ventura since I was a little kid, so we'd always do, like, camping trips up to Hobson or Faria and stuff. And so kind of just, like, grew up surfing literally from, like, Santa Barbara to, like, to, like, Venice pretty much. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sea Street. Sea Street, oh, yeah, every uh, just, yeah, just everything in Ventura, Santa Barbara, LA. There's so many good breaks like that, like people don't know about in Ventura, which is almost like a kind of nice thing. <laughs> it's it's more crowded there now. Is it? Yeah, I mean it's not like overrun or anything like that. Right. It's but I mean it surfing's surfing's popular there. I mean I th- I'm pretty sure anywhere that has popular that has like favorable waves will have a surf population and. I would imagine that, that that population would just continue to, to grow. Oh, yeah. You know? So. I mean, nowadays, for sure. Well, at least when it's warmer. I know I, the thing that I love about winter, though, is that it kind of, like, half of that, like, crowd kind of disappears. Just kind of nice. But it's still, like, I mean, here in, like, L.A., I mean, shit on a, on a Tuesday morning, you know, in the winter, there's still, like, 150, 200 people out. Like, it's kind yeah. of gnarly. Yeah, I mean, any of the popular spots in Southern California are going to have their, are going to be crowded, but there's going to always be windows of opportunity. I mean, just because you go surf Malibu on a Monday uh, when you think everyone's going to be working, (laughs) you're wrong, but you can go there on a Sunday when you think nobody's working and you can get it with like, you know, 15, 20 guys maybe for a little window of time. Yeah. So it's just, there's really no rhyme for reason. You just got to kind of be on it, I think. It's like a gamble, like a crap shoot. Just got to be, if you're on it, then you're on it. When you first started surfing, um, were there any people that, like, you kind of looked at or looked up to that you, like, whether it be, like, on videos or someone that you were like, hey, like, I love how they surf. I kind of want to emulate what they do. Um, yeah, I mean, Joel Tudor obviously was a was a main influence for me early on. I'm sure, like he was for a lot of a lot of folks. I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with his ability, but a lot of that had to do with his visibility as well. Uh-huh. I mean, he was you know sort of doing that stuff 
um, at a young age and kind of in a in the spotlight doing it and he made it look good and aesthetically pleasing and that appealed to me and uh, my dad coming from a traditional longboarding background that obviously was um, that was sort of something that spoke to me uh, somebody younger doing it in a traditional way so because he was like one of the first ones that kind of I guess you know, at that time was like the younger people yeah I mean there I mean all Joel's contemporaries were really great surfers and surfing really great traditional stuff too I mean there's a lot of uh, high performance surfing back then as well but um I mean you know uh there's like plenty you know I mean there's plenty of CJ's or uh, of Joel's contemporaries like you know CJ and uh Dane Purley and Lance Holslagle and Josh Farbro and Jimmy Gamboa and these are all guys that are older than me that were doing the same thing that Joel was doing and right. that appealed to me and and so yeah there was a handful of them but then I also really just was a, into surfing so it wasn't just like oh longboarding uh-huh. is it I mean like <clears throat> Rob Machado was a big you know inspiration back then watching Goofy Foot and stuff and then Timmy Curran coming from up up north yeah. and, and him being also being a Goofy Foot and surfing a lot of the beach breaks that I would surf a lot you know I mean so there was other influences and then countless VHS and DVD <laughs> players to Pull inspiration from so like, I mean, that, that got worked the fuck out like basically yeah rewound, I mean rewound, like, rewound. it was never just all about one guy or, yeah. or one movement it was kind of all about whatever looked good so style and tradition in a way yeah just yeah style tradition yeah that helps no matter whether you're doing it on whatever the era is now, did you ever go into the whole competitive realm? Like a lot of people? No. No, not, no. I mean, I did the coalition contests and stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah, no. That that never really appealed to me, and I don't think I would have really done too well at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't, I mean, it's not a thing for everybody, but it's kind of neat. Like, the contest you're doing online, which is pretty awesome, uh, the uh, one wave, one fin thing, um, when did you guys start doing that? Like, when was last year the first year? Yeah, last year was the first year. Um, I don't even remember how I came up with the idea. I think it was sort of partly inspired by, I think at the time, maybe like a couple years ago, Quicksilver did a contest for the Young Guns, uh-huh. for like the Groms, where it was like an online contest, and it was entered through 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 uh, submitting a hashtag. Uh-huh. And I thought it was really cool because it was basically Quicksilver combing the world for the next yeah, ROM. smart. I mean, and so as opposed to like them finding it through the traditional means of like, oh, this this kid's my son, or yeah. I go to coffee with this kid, this guy, and his son's really good, or whatever the deal might be, right? I, they just were like, hey, and post your video, and then yeah. like best, I don't know, whether they had like best air or best turn or. I forget what the deal was, but I thought it was a great concept. Smart, yeah. Uh, and it highlighted the underground, which which appealed to me. Um, and it was free, which appealed to me. And then I think at that time, like inter- the intersection contest was also going on like a couple years ago. That was like Taylor Steele's contest yeah. where like the surfer made a video part with their video guy and yeah. then they entered it and then like people voted on it and then yeah. like you know and I thought that again like what a great way to embrace the underground yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah so the one wave one fin was sort of kind of pulling from those two inspirations a little bit 
but then applying it to the traditional longboarding. Um, I was also kind of like, just kind of like burnt out and over uh, Joel's duct tape contest and just was like sick of seeing the same exact people, right? Uh, you know, getting, getting props and like getting put on the, on the, you know, on the, on the, on the pedestal or what have you, or, um, you know, being, and I, I just was just kind of like wanting and thinking that there should be something for the rest of the people that ride logs really good. And, and to your point, like you were saying, how like with the other, with the Quicksilver one and Taylor Steel one, you're gonna find someone who someone might not even know about. I mean, the longboard community is really small, so maybe it's naive for me to think that like we kind of know what's going on. But then again, like there's a lot of great surfing that you don't see, and maybe you might know of the person, but of the guy or the girl, but maybe you didn't see that wave that they got yeah. at three o'clock at San Onofre last yeah. week. And and that that one wave that they that they that they got could be inspiration for somebody else to go out and have a good time tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So like it, yeah, it's just kind of about yeah, you know, that was the idea was just to kind of open it up to everybody else kind of. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it, it didn't really have, I mean, it's tough. I feel like everyone's kind of too cool for school. Uh-huh. Even the underground sometimes, whoever that is. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I can know, see that, like, I see that, yeah. But like, I don't know, surfers tend, I don't know. It's like weird, like, there's, there should have been more entries last year, I thought, even though there was like over, you know, 200 or something. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty big, but to your point, I mean, if you're talking about people who are already posting clips on Instagram, already. Right, they already have it. They're ready like to do it. Today, again. I won't name names, but I already seen two people, friends of mine, or two surfers yeah. that I think are good that posted clips. I'm like, well, you could have just like put the hashtag in there, and you might win a thousand dollars. Kind of nice. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is I have other money for the one-way fin that um, that I might just give money out for just random shit along the way. And you know, yeah. like. Maybe somebody gets a sick hang heels. I'm just like, hey, 50 bucks. Yeah. Here you go. What's your PayPal? You it's, know, or like, or somebody like gets a crazy switch dance cover up to hang 10 to, you know, weird kick out. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, 50 bucks, dude. You know, right? You know, so it's like. Just making it rain it for seems them. <laughs> like a, It seems like a no-brainer. I don't see who would be too cool in the longboard community for $1,000 other than the people who are getting paid $1,000 to ride longboards. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's a great idea. For me, when I saw it, first of all, the video of, of when you guys announced the winner is fucking brilliant. Yeah, We're going to link to it. That thing is... I could watch that thing fucking over and over again. Yeah. It's the fucking funniest shit. Yeah. And I love that <laughs> attitude, and that's the attitude like I want to see in surfing. Like I love that. But it also reminds me a little bit of like like skate contests that like Thrashers throws. You know, like when they used to do stuff at Wallenberg, where they're like, okay, a thousand bucks for like the best trick. But then if someone did something random sick, they toss them fifty bucks. Yeah. Like fuck it, you busted your ass. Yeah. Like, Whatever. This is my. This is like. This is like our contest for us by us. Yeah. You know, like we don't, there is no, I mean, there's rules. Yeah. I mean, like you can go to the website and see like the rules and the rules are really minimal. It's yeah. just like serve traditionally, no drones, yeah. uh, <laughs> post a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> I like mean, really easy. It's I mean, not it's hard. Like, it's like pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. So, 
Um, and you guys have the great judges this year. You had great judges last year. Yeah, last year there was really good judges. We had uh, uh, Jimmy Gamboa, Cassia, Miodor, Matty Chinaki, uh, Bob McTavish, Michelle Janode, and Steve Cleveland last year. And then this year, um, I liked having the old dudes in it, but uh, to be honest, the old dudes aren't as savvy with the hashtag checking out this stuff. <laughs> so dudes, like, so with, like, with like McTavish, I had to have my buddy Lockie like, like you know like walk him through it and like with Michelle like Darshan had to kind of walk him through a little bit so this year I'm just gonna kind of uh, I'm gonna bring on some some guest judges who will be like older uh-huh. established folks in the community but they're not the the burden won't be on them the burden will be on the the, the judges that I have this year which is uh, bringing back Matty Chinaki again from Australia uh, got Dane Peterson this year uh, the older one, because there's two Dane Petersons, yeah. if you didn't know, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, both really good guys and good surfers. Um, uh, Johnny Pitzer, who was the winner of last year. Which is awesome. That's great. We'll bring it back to winner. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be judging this year, helping judge this year. And then this year, since we have an even prize purse for the men and women, which I'm really stoked about, which should always be the case. Yeah. Um, but you can't always do it like that. But this year, we, we could. So, um, so I also brought three girls on this year instead of just one like last year so I got uh, Ashley Lloyd Thompson uh, Aaron Ashley and um, and Jen Smith that's awesome and so the girls and guys are both judging girls and guys it's not the girls just judging the girls the girls are gonna judge the guys and the girls the guys are gonna judge the girls and the guys right Um, and it's all pretty organic it's not like we have like there's like some point system or some you know like <laughs> yeah. uh you know whatever it's pretty much just i mean it's pretty organic i just pretty much just kind of ask them what they're what they like and who, what waves are good and why they're good and why it was better than that one or why it's not better than that one and what was you know what was cool about it and you know we just kind of just mold all over and organically kind of figure it out you know and you have weed maps as a sponsor this year yeah, so, pretty um, dope. Yeah, that's good. Um, um, yeah, I had to take a sip of water. Um, so yeah, um, I I can't do this. I, last year I, I did it. I just put up the money out of my own pocket. Yeah. So I just had six hundred bucks. I was like, all right, uh, you know, I mean, I could use that for rent, but I figured, you know, th- that I could fuck it off on this for one round and. So yeah, so the five last year was five hundred dollars for first place for the surfer, and then hundred dollars for the for the videographer. Um, and then um, Joel, without having anything to do with the contest or wanting anything to do with the contest, um, but just wanting to support what was going on, um, linked me up with with his um, jujitsu studio, uh, five forty studio. And, uh, and with um, Nolan over at Vans, and he got them, he basically told them, hey, give Sean 600 bucks. <laughs> so, um, so both the jiu-jitsu studio and, 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 and I don't know whether to say Vans or Nolan, <laughs> it's yeah. like, but pretty much they just gave me 600 bucks and that, that matched my 600 bucks. So perfect. Which was really nice, took a little burden off of me and, um, and got some more money for the videographer. But uh, yeah, this year um, I didn't have any money to do it this year, so I wasn't gonna really do it till 
I wanted to do it. Yeah. Or could do it. But um, Joel, um, again, this year, lit the fire under my ass and was like, hey, um, I'll connect you with with some folks over at Weed Maps and you can do your thing from there. Dope. So... I mean, you always got. It's good to see people step up to the plate. Who knows? Down the road, you get more people, and more companies. And... Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, it's nice to get some cash from outside of the outside of the industry. Um, and it just makes it more fun. I mean, like you were saying, if you if you saw someone do like you know a cover up and you want to give money, then at least you have yeah. To I mean, I mean, truth be told, like. I, and maybe this podcast will get out to somebody over there, but like Joel connected me, gave me the, the contact for, for some folks over there. I put together a nice proposal portfolio deal, sent it over to them. I've heard nothing back from anybody. Okay. Like the full on Orange County uh, cold shoulder, as I oh. like to call it, <laughs> you know? But then Joel called me up uh, and, and assured me and I have no reason not to believe Joel because he's been a man of his word thus far and yeah. his, everything that he says he's going to do, he's done, at least in my experience. And um, uh, and said it was on. And said, run it, green light it, do it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm on it and I put them on the, on the deal but I, and, I, and people are, are tagging them and stuff. But yeah. I'm not sure if they're just too cool or too busy or what. I'll take yeah. the, I'll take their money either way. Yeah, like whatever, whatever, whatever <laughs> but, it is. <laughs> but I'd love to fucking push them more and, and promote them more. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Weed Maps, uh, if you ever want to get in touch with me about the money that I'm going to be asking well, we can, you. We can we tag uh, them in the post uh, for about sure. About the money I'm going to be asking you for in a few months. <laughs> Let's get it started. So well, it runs till uh, July 31st. Uh, when does it run till? Uh, it started July 31st and it goes till October 31st. Okay, so everybody's got to get on top of that. So three three months. That should be plenty of opportunity for winter waves or summer waves, depending on what hemisphere you live. Yeah, true. True. So, get, get your waves in there. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to pivot a little bit. When did you realize that art was going to be a big part of your life? Um, uh, when I got accepted into art school. <laughs> was that the thing where it was like, shit gets real? <laughs> well, it wasn't even so much that shit got real. I mean, I guess up until that point, I was just doing it for fun, kind of. And now, here it is. I'm spending X amount of money to go to a school and, and like, you know, committing X amount of hours out of my life to it. Mm-hmm. So I guess at that point it became like less just like I'm doing this after work and because it's fun and more like all right like this seems like something that I want to like involve myself in. So I guess I guess that would probably be now that I think about it I guess that would probably be the time when it was like something that was like uh, a regular thing now. Did you know when you when you got accepted to our school were you ready like this is the kind of stuff I'm into like I'm doing painting I'm doing printmaking or was it like were you just kind of like fresh in that like you didn't know where it was going uh no i got i got into got into cal arts off 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 painting so i was into painting and that's what i wanted that's what i wanted that was your passion yeah it was paint yeah it was painting and stuff like that i mean i took photos and wrote and did collage and and tried printing and all sorts of other stuff but yeah but painting was like the fun that's what i had my portfolio that's what my portfolio was that's what got you in and stuff yeah yeah and do you think you're 
you you went to um, you went there for four years or no I went to uh, Ventura College uh-huh. for two three years uh-huh. got my AA there in general liberal arts when I was like 18 to yeah get that stuff to, out of the way yeah. to 18 to yeah. 21 or whatever it was and then I didn't really know what I wanted to do so I didn't commit to anything and I think I was just working at Trader Joe's for four years and uh-huh. selling weed and working <laughs> at an Italian restaurant <laughs> like just living a good life in Ventura and then I kind of random real randomly got into art and just started like painting on like broken boards around the house uh-huh. and I had two friends that were who I considered like real fucking artists like painters and shit uh-huh. you know like they like I can't fucking paint I just fuck around you know like <laughs> like they can fucking paint yeah and um and they were both really like um supportive of my painting and stuff they were like oh dude you should keep on doing more and like that's rad Sean and I just kind of just got more and more fired up on it and at that same around that same time I got uh through uh through the seedling and Thomas Campbell I got turned on to the beautiful losers yeah like right around 99 I think and um and then right around 99 2000 I had went to New York for the first time and um I was staying in Battery Park and a friend of mine at a friend at, at a at the house that I was staying at, a friend of mine's father had just got back from um, uh, a Basquiat exhibition in Milan. Oh wow! And she he had sent her the exhibition catalogs um, from that show, so she had these Basquiat books that were lying around, and I had just gotten kind of hip to Basquiat through the Beautiful Losers book, yeah. um, which which bears mention to to Basquiat and Herring and, mm-hmm. and among others in the fine art world and art history and and it was all kind of like gelling and kind of like like speaking to me and kind of making sense yeah and it was all kind of accessible it wasn't like some like this like inaccessible oil painting on you know in the museum it was like oh wait this is like yeah this is like this is people that I like that participate in the same realms and communities that I do do this and they wow this is like this is like this is the shit yeah <laughs> and so it all kind of gelled and i kind of got all fired up on it and was the alleged alleged gallery still open no nah, i maybe one of their carnations was like didn't they have like a one on prince street at i think or something yeah like for that. a little and, bit yeah and then maybe they maybe aaron did something somewhere else somewhere and because i can't remember when it closed but, but i didn't i didn't get ever get to go to the ludlow one you know or nothing like that though i, I was i used to be good friends with uh phil frost and I was actually helped out on that first um, Thomas Campbell show, hanging up the stuff. So I was around that era, and then like I kind of dropped off, and then all of a sudden they were like, oh, it's closed, and they're touring this thing, Beautiful Losers. So I was like, holy shit, these are all the artists that like grew up around like skating. Like It's kind of awesome to see that. Yeah, it all came from skateboarding. So do you think, how much do you think surfing influences your art, or influenced it? Like my personal art? Yeah, yeah. Like my painting and stuff? Yeah maybe zero to nil almost. Okay, interesting. I mean, not really that much, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I get, it, it comes, I mean, there's a couple, I mean, the, the, I guess if you looked at the, if I looked at the body of my work, I'd say maybe 5% of my work touches on surfing, maybe. That's interesting. I generally think that surf art is very cliche and yeah. not really done right and not 
not really that appealing to me personally, uh-huh. you know, so I, it's not, it's something that I'm weary of, of involving into my own practice, kind of, but, I mean, that being said, I have made a couple of surf paintings that I'm, that I, I'm stoked on, but, like, I don't, you know, it's like, um, it's a, I don't know, I, do you, do you consciously separate it, do you, like, like, my creative, you know, energy in painting is here, my creative energy and surfing is here, or does it just no, naturally it, just happen? No, it's all, it's all, I mean, they all influence each other in one way or the other. I mean, but I just don't want to do paintings of surfers and palm trees. Yeah, really, yeah. You know? <laughs> not to say that, I, again, not to say that I haven't done, like, a surfer painting or yeah, anything yeah. like that, but, like, that, yeah, I'd rather, like, touch on, like, other elements of, of surf culture through making art if possible, you know? Right. And what... Now, has skateboarding played a big part in, in the stuff you do? Um, again, not like viscerally, no. I mean, it's not. I'm not trying to make paintings about skateboards or anything like that. But I, I mean, the the inherent culture in surfing and skating influences the type of art that I like and the type of art that I want to make. Yeah, like you were talking about the beautiful losers and stuff. I mean, a lot of that's like kind of. I don't know if that's the, the right term is like highbrow street art because like Basquiat was like caring for me like I look at that like as like that was the voice of New York City right like that yeah. like came from the streets and, and yeah I don't know I, I mean I think it's like even the whole term street art I, I unfortunately is like just like the term gentrification I feel like has so much like negative like negative connotation to it nowadays uh-huh that like you just want to stay away from both of those things as much as you can (laughs) get nowhere near it you know like so i get it so it's like you don't want to be participating in gentrification (laughs) you don't want to be participating in street art you're like that's it no (laughs) i don't want that label but no i mean um uh yeah i don't know i mean there i think it's more just like about like just emerging artists and like where sort of like I've always been really interested like in the interstitial space where like high and low culture meet you mm-hmm. know whether it's like low culture getting high or high culture getting low so right. that could be like someone like Basquiat like wearing an Armani shirt with holes on it and like painting all over it and sh- you know an Armani suit and like uh-huh. fucking it up and shit with paint you know he's like taking this high this 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 object of high culture and bringing it low right or it could be like taking something low and bringing it high. So it could be like, you know, uh, you know, here's, you know, this artist that made a living off of fucking overdosing on heroin and 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 stabbing himself. And maybe he's a huge artist now. And like he's like, you know, in you know, was slumming it. And now all of a sudden he's in Armani suits. Yeah. yeah now now <laughs> he's know, he's actually buying the suits. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I don't know that all that. You know, just sort of underbelly, underdog, fringe, uh, rebellious. I don't give a fuck mentalities. I I feel like, and and all that stuff's really cliche nowadays. Because I mean, how much of a rebel is anyone really these days? You right. know, if you're in the spotlight, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, but um, but yeah, it doesn't mean that that can't you can't make stuff of substance. Right. Uh, you know, pulling inspiration from those elements, you know? So, is that something that's behind your Innocence project, or as far as, like, the high-low? 
I'd like it to be if I can if I can like you know maintain that like if I can walk that fine line to where it doesn't become overly one or the other you know I mean but that's that's in the true challenge right in the art is that it doesn't go one way or the other right like getting that that's well, it, it, it is what it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever but, that is. <laughs> but I mean, someone could like it's. It's like someone could take like a, like a McDonald's cheeseburger and like gold plate it, and it's kind of like, well, that's kind of would be cliche, right? Like you know, mixing high and low. But if you you get a little bit more cerebral about it, you know, whether it be like issues with communities, like things that communities are going through, and and, and explore that materials, I think then it becomes a little bit more interesting. About yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, we're we're in Venice right now doing this podcast, and like this is, a, I mean, perfect example. I mean, there's like, there's a complete like like authentic meshing of like high and low elements yeah. of culture here, you know, True. for better or for worse, yeah, you know, and and it's all authentic, kind of, yeah. It all is Venice, yeah, whatever Venice is yeah. nowadays, and. Um, something of interest to me about that I mean maybe it's because I've always been a, like a bit of, I was thinking about it the other day I mean I mean growing up in LA like I feel like I've definitely been like imbued with this like awareness and sense of like beach city sort of like you know type you know deal you know and because like LA is a city but it's not yeah and it's like a beach but it's not you know there's a dichotomy for sure so yeah. there's a, there's like just a nice mix of like you know a contrast of even in LA as it is you know yeah. what I mean of like and also high and low you know I mean people come here to be superstars and have nothing and people are here living their lives as superstars with everything oh, that's <laughs> true no that's true you know what I mean so you have like the, 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 the two sides of it right there's just there's just tons of there's just tons of push and pull here in LA, yeah. I mean, and that kind of is rubbed off on me and on some level, I'm sure. I think it's a big reason why a lot of people are leaving other cities and coming here. To be honest, because other cities have kind of lost this. Like New York used to have a good element of this of mix, and it's not anymore. Yeah, it's basically rich, 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 rich. I mean, we left four years ago. Yeah. Like, and I grew up there my whole life, and like I always like the thing that I always say is like I miss New York when they were tranny hookers in Times Square. Like I use that term to be like that for me is the definition of like when New York was real. And I think a lot of people are leaving places like New York, they're leaving places like San Francisco, and they're coming here because it's still very, you touched upon it, authentic. It's still very real, like, there's gonna be a high, there's gonna be a low, but it's happening naturally. And I'm sure some people would argue that LA is so superficial and inauthentic, Yeah. but it, I'd argue that it's actually authentic in, in its superficiality. Superficial. No, like, it you knows know what, what I mean? it is. Like it, like, it owns that. Yeah. And it owns it authentically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like what uh, Jim Drummer said, right? There's no such thing as originality, only authenticity. Yeah. You know, it's not about where you take things from, it's where you take them to. And, you know, L.A. is like, you know, I mean, it's completely superficial, but at the same time, it completely owns that. And then there's all these other elements that come with that. Yeah. You know? The baggage. But it's the good baggage, right? It's there, like the Well, there's, I mean, there's everything. There's, yeah. I mean, there's tons of opportunities to be had yeah. out here you know what I mean no I look I, I try to get I hate I hate to say it I am one of those New Yorkers that tries to get everybody to move here after I moved here I'm like yeah it's kind of really dope here <laughs> like it's got yeah. everything we used to love about New York but nice weather 
right. Like, oh, okay. See, and I'm kind of over it. I'm like looking towards Europe and stuff like that. I'm kind of burnt out on on LA. To but you also grew up here. You yeah. And like New York's obviously a no go, and San yeah. Fran's a no go, no. and and Seattle's too far, and and yeah. and San Diego's a joke. So it's yeah. like. And, no you know, like, Austin has no uh, no ocean, you know. <laughs> Chicago, there's fucking snow, I heard, you know. Yeah, so, like, uh, fucking every so, day. So it's like, uh, you know, really, it's like, this is a pretty great place to be right now for the time yeah. being. I mean, I've seen a change in the last four years. Oh, I'm, I'm sure even since I moved from Ventura, <laughs> there's been a huge change. Yeah, like, I used to come here for business, like, years ago, 10, 15 years ago. And I remember it was like, I can't imagine ever living here. And then it's like kind of, like after being settled in, I'm like, wow, like every month it's like kind of different. Uh, my perspective is like, you know, I have a wife and a kid, so it's a little weird. And I live in a very like manufactured neighborhood, but I still get little bites of it. Sure. Um, how, so when did the Innocence Project start? Um, it was uh, it was my thesis statement, the name of my thesis show at school uh-huh. in 2010. And I just spelt the name wrong. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot the e because it was like super late night, and I was hanging my art show all by myself, which is pretty standard operation. Yeah. And I was delirious, and I was spray painting the title on the wall, uh-huh. like really big. And I, you know, I guess when you're spray painting shit, sometimes really big, you're not really pulling back to look that you're doing it right. And so I just left out the e on accident, and then when I stood back and looked at it, I kind of liked it and then as I started kind of thinking about it more it, it had a lot of there's a lot of play in, in the misspelling of the word yeah. and, even, and even the pronunciation of the word so uh, so yeah so 2010 and then at that time I was just doing art shows at my studio in Ventura like doing group show curating group shows um, that were actually really rad they were just because I was going to Cal Arts at the time it was like a mixture of like friends of mine from Cal Arts to like professors of mine from Cal Arts and then I had like kids that were playing like a lot of my friends were in the jazz program at Cal Arts so I, oh, had, wow. I had all this I have had great live music and I just had these really fun shows and um, and I was just doing them under the pseudonym of Innocence uh-huh. uh, you know just an, you know an innocent show or curated by Innocence I forget what it was um, and then, it, yeah, it just be, kind of became a, via, a sort of creative entity at that time to just do, just to do shit under. And how did you, like, how did you balance the role of being an artist and also being a curator? Like, because some people I know have, like, some people love it. Some people, like, it's a natural progression. Like, everybody has their own kind of spin on it when they come from, like, being the artist to being a curator. Um, like, what do you mean? Like, 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 do you, do you, like, for instance, like, the, the artist's ego could get in the way really easily. So you could be like, hey, I'm going to curate a show and I'm going to put five of my pieces in there and only two of someone else's. Like, you know, like balancing that can sometimes be difficult. Or is it just a natural thing where you're like, hey, I want to give shine to all these people. Oh, I've never, I've never given myself a show and I've never had any of my art in any of my shows. See, that's what I, yeah. <laughs> so there's never been a Sean Dully piece in an innocent show. I rarely post Sean Tully stuff on Innocence, if ever. I'm not one of the artists on the website. Right. Um, so there is there is no. So real you have like a clear separation from that. Kind of I mean, I don't know. I 
I mean, maybe at some point I won't care when I, you know, and and yeah. I'll be and I'm. I really don't care, really. I mean, like, if I wanted to put a piece yeah. of mine in a show, I would. It's just that, like, you I, know, I don't really, I don't, I'm not doing it because I'm concerned with how people will look at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, no, but it I just, just seems, it's know. great that it's natural because, like, some curators, like, they very much go into it. They're like, okay, this is a great way for me to get, like, two, three of my pieces in, blah, blah, blah. And it seems like the way you did it, you really saw a lot of these artists that you, like, thought were really good and you're like hey I want to give them shine and I want to put them in shows and I mean most curators that I'm aware of or that I look up to don't necessarily even make art yeah no well that's <laughs> or if why they, I asked or if they do you you and I don't know about it yeah you know so I mean that's kind of where I'm coming from I mean if if, they're, if you go to a show and the curator has three or three of his or her pieces in it, then I'd question whether that was a show. No, a and good it, show it happens a lot in New York. Like, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you have, like, Aaron Rose, who obviously didn't really do any of his art. He did that sign painting stuff. But he never put that in the shows, you yeah. know? Like, but you do have, like, it's kind of scary. Like, in the emerging art world, there's, like, in New York, it's, like, I've seen a lot of that where it's, like, they'll put, like, one or two pieces and, you know, and it's, like, kind of, like, for me... I, I almost think it's like a church and state thing, right? Like when I think about it, I'm like, <laughs> like there should be a clear separation, like whether you're conscious or not, like you shouldn't be like promoting the shit out of your work. Yeah. Like off of someone else's back, right? Like, like okay, I'm gonna put these six other artists, but I'm yeah. also gonna dump my stuff. Well, on. I mean, if I wanted to push Sean Tully, then I wouldn't be pushing Innocence, I'd be pushing Sean yeah. Tully. Yeah, well, see, know? there you go. I mean, I have a website, you know, yeah. and Innocence has a website. Yeah. So like, you know, Separate I mean, things. They're just two, they're two separate deals for me like my personal practice and then the stuff that innocence does and how did you start working with new image art how did that happen um i started interning there when i moved to la from ventura and yeah i just started interning there i just I think i was like 25 or 26 maybe and had or you know had a undergrad in fine art from Arts and like was probably at a point to where I should be past the intern phase in my, <laughs> in my life but like I mean New Art was among among the galleries that was you know early you know proponents of the whole beautiful loser movement and so you know it was a ledge gallery in New York luggage store in San Francisco and New Art in Los Angeles and and so I just knew that when I moved to LA from Ventura, I'm like, I'm like, well, that's the only really gallery that's on my radar that I even really care about. Right. There's no point in even really looking at other galleries because yeah. I like already know that this is, this is the gallery that shows the stuff that I like. Yeah. So there's no point in like like going to other places. So I went there and was just like, hey. Um, like if you ever need any help here, I'm like I'm down to help out. And just so happened that they had a show like that weekend or something. Uh-huh. So Marcia, the, the gallery owner, she was just like, "Oh, do you want to?" And I get it now, having worked for her for for X amount of years. Like the way she works, she's very spontaneous and very in the moment. So like, if she needs help and you come in and you say you're down to help, she'll put you to work right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Or if she doesn't need help, she'll fucking blow you off <laughs> you know so it's like right right place right time <laughs> so like she basically was like yeah I could use your help so I showed up that weekend and helped hang an art show and then just basically from that point forward just made myself indisposable like you know there was another gal that was um, 
that was working there below Marcia at the time as assistant director, and it was just a two a two a two woman show basically. Uh huh. And I just was like, would show up during the week sometimes and just organize the fuck out of the back room, the the room downstairs, you know, which has all the inventory. Yeah. And Marcia is very eclectic in the way that you know she's very eccentric in the way that she cure like keeps things and yeah you know i mean like there's like treasures everywhere that haven't been seen for years yeah you know and like all sorts of shit everywhere so i kind of brought a little bit of of organization to some of the chaos uh-huh. and i'm sure they appreciated that yeah and they and, and i just again just made myself sort of indisposable to where eventually they had to start kind of paying me an hourly because uh-huh. they needed me yeah um because i sort of made the position for myself uh-huh. And then uh, uh, the gal that was working there as uh, as assistant director um, eventually went on to the next chapter in her life, and and then I just already knew how the gallery worked, how Marcia worked, how the artists worked, how everything functioned, and so I just swooped right in to nice. to the position. <laughs> I just kind of I mean names are all arbitrary. She called herself assistant. Assistant yeah, director. It's a title, it's a title right? I, I kind of just called myself gallery manager. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's all kind of arbitrary. That yeah. I'm basically just second in command, whatever that means. Yeah. Are you still working there now? Yeah, that's my that's what pays for innocence. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you've worked on a bunch of shows there. What's your favorite show that you worked on or that you guys had there? Uh, wow. I don't know. Uh, or at least a memorable one or one that you really like that sticks out. I mean. They're all really fun, to be honest with you, because the artists that we work with are like are our kind of people, and and so it's just it's fun to interact with with all of them. That's one of the blessings of the job, yeah, is getting to be around creative people that are doing cool stuff that have interesting experiences and takes on life and whatnot. But uh, I don't know, man. One show. Or like some of your favorite, like who are some of your favorite artists that are kind of... I mean, again, like it sound, it's, it's like, hard, right? I hate to sound like the waitress or waiter at the restaurant that says all of it's good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but it, I mean, it kind of is all really good. Yeah. Some artists are more favorable to, are more, are easier to work with than others. Yeah. Well, that's just art, right? <laughs> some artists are more thankful yeah. than others, but like all the shows are really fun and all the shows are really great. Some may be a funner party than others. Some might be better art than the party. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it, you know, it's all kind of, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, like, I, you know, being around, there, like, artists, like, you know, I used to, like, look look up to, and I still do, you know, but he's a friend now, but, like, you know, there are guys like Anthony Lister from Australia or mm-hmm. Judas Sapine from New York and, retina from here in los angeles these are like artists that like were pivotal in getting me interested in art you know so that's got to be kind of a trip now you're like working with them yeah now i'm like you know doing coke with anthony at three in the morning or like you know going and spray painting with orphy you know in the middle of the day or you know or uh, you know, getting kidnapped by Retina and his Rolls Royce, or you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like all pretty, 
real and rad shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> almost surreal in a way that all that's your life. I mean, now. not totally surreal. I mean, like it's not. I mean, like I definitely positioned myself to be where I'm at. Yeah. You know, like this was whether I knew it or not. I was definitely always working towards this. Yeah. Whatever the fuck I'm working towards now is whatever I'll be in later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm definitely like present and like aware. Yeah. And like stoked. Yeah. When I get to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean it's pretty incredible. You know. Now, um, the, the, what's the last thing you did with uh, Innocence? You guys did that thing at. Uh, we at did a collab with Globe. That's right. And then we did a like the the collab launch at General Admission. And you did like a, there were some boards you guys. Did? Yeah. So uh, Globe uh, manufactures skateboards, and they have a huge catalog of blanks to choose oh, from. Oh, really? Um, some are good, some are bad, <laughs> and um, and and they actually do a lot of print. I didn't know this, but they print a lot of do a lot of decks for a lot of companies. I, I had no idea. I had um, no idea. And so they're made in China, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it, it uh, but they are they are pretty quality though. Like it is like it is maple, yeah. And it yeah. is there are like you know proper seven ply and you know and and whatnot. They have um, snaps. They pop. Yeah, they're legit. And so yeah, so um, so we did a collab with them where we basically did. Uh, uh, in a sense curated three artists that we work with uh -huh. and then did three different decks and so we chose three different templates so we have like a real fun like uh, liquor store cruiser sort of like yeah that one like like awesome. the, like the like the crooked zigzagger type type deal yeah. zip zinger deal and um, that one has like a it doesn't have like a bottle opener built yeah it's got it. a bottle opener <laughs> on it awesome. and then uh, Rye Purvis is the artist she's from San Francisco she's does these really bitchin' like modern day still lifes uh -huh. that are like of like of like bodega uh, and femra, you know? So oh, like wow. so like the forty ounce or like the fucking bubble gum or like the 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 fucking shitty you know gummy worms or the you know like the the hot Cheetos and like you know all that kind of stuff. So she did a really bitchin' like still life for the for the liquor store board. And then uh, Jose Arhuyo, who's a LA based artist and tattoo artist. Um, did a really beautiful design of a chola and a cholo couple embracing. Yeah, that um, one's pretty rad. And then, like the innocent, one of the innocence mantras is "We are the, the romantic ones." Um, and so that he did that font, and that's below the the, the couple. And there's a really bitchin' um, uh, uh, spray paint uh, gradient, like sort of Dogtown esque. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that, that, that airbrush on the outside. Yeah, the airbrush came out really good. And then um, Stacy Kranitz, who's a very uh, noted and respected photographer, um, did. Uh, we used one of her images for the double, their standard double kick, uh, eight point. I think it's eight point five actually, or is it eight point three? Eight point five, I think, or eight point two five. And it's a picture of this. Uh, she spent some time in in the West Appalachian Mountains with various communities and. Um, uh, photo photographing them and whatnot, and she was able to have uh, candid access to um, one of the last uh, snake handling churches in oh, wow. Western Appalachia. So, snake handling is this basic sort of like this real primordial uh, 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 church ceremony where they they have a huge snake that sort of exercises the 
the, the yeah. demons and whatnot, right? And um, and so it's this real gnarly picture of this preacher with this like boa constrictor python wrapped around his hand, like yelling at the sky and shit. And it's, they, they, all the decks came out really fucking rad. I was pretty. No, it's an awesome know, like, show. If, I mean, like I'm the biggest critic on the shit, like on the shit that I make, uh-huh. and like like. I, I feel like I can always find something that I would like to make better about whatever it is that I made, but like those decks came out pretty, pretty sick. Yeah. I didn't know that they were all because the shapes are so different. Like I would have never guessed they were out of the same like shop. Like, like the the outlines and like the wood and stuff like looks like so different. Like I didn't even know Globe like produced decks for other yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, they do, and they have a pretty rad skate team still too. Yeah, I know, which is like, know, like, like, like what's this? Uh, Apple Yards on it. Apple Yards on it. Uh, David Gonzalez, uh, Ryan. What is it? Desenzo. Desenzo. Like he- like hammer hitters. Um. Like. Yeah, they had a you know pretty pretty solid team still. Yeah, I mean. They opened up a shop supposedly in, in Hermosa or something like. Some yeah, <laughs> yeah. Funny you should bring that up. Actually, Innocence has. They're opening that up like next week, I think, uh-huh. or, or something. And the, the, we Innocence has a pop up in there. Oh, that's awesome! So people could see it there in Hermosa. And, yeah, so the General... same thing that we did at General Admission uh-huh. will basically be in a different form over at the Hermosa store. See, that's dope. So, and then I think that opens like next week or something like that. Yeah, I saw I'm like sure. I just saw a press clipping like they were like Globe is gonna open store because I know their office because they're like they're in El Segundo. Yeah, are they part of Dwindle? They're like yes. Yeah, that's that whole thing. Yeah, and I yes. remember. And they, I have a ra- and they have a rad mini ramp there if you ever get a chance to go. Oh there. really? Yeah. I've been invited to go there a couple times. Um, my friend Retta uh, does a lot of work for. Well, one cliche was. I mean, Globe is <laughs> like. I mean, I feel like they've like maybe this sounds bad that I just did a collab and I'm talking about them like this, but but like they kind of dropped off a little bit. Yeah. You know, they were rad when I was young. You yeah. know, like when Chet Thomas rode for them and stuff back in Does the day. Mullen still ride for them? Yeah, I'm not sure if because I was like Mullen. maybe he does because I feel like they had like a retro Mullen or like a re a, a re release of a yeah. Mullen shoe that they might yeah, have just yeah. done or something. Yeah, yeah. But I always really loved Globe, and then when they got into surfing, obviously, like, I remember they had Aki back in the day, yeah. like, early on when they they started their surf program, and then more more recently, you know, the, all the stuff that they've done with Dion, I've always been a huge yeah. fan of, a, a huge fan of, and so, um, so it's rad to do this collab with them, yeah, because they're, you know, they're a great brand. Um, they didn't really, I mean, I know that that's the thing with brands, is brands have all these different, like, tiers of, of red tape they have to go through and all these different agendas that they're trying yeah. to fulfill at the same time for for various aspects of the brand so i feel like globe kind of dropped the ball a little bit on like promoting this collab because not that they should not that innocence is anything special but like the artists that we just brought to them pretty dope are yeah. pretty dope and yeah. like i mean stacy time magazine uh, named Stacy's Instagram 2015 Instagram of the year. Really? You know yeah. what I mean? She works for she like works for Vice and Huffington Post. I mean, she's kind of a big deal, yeah. yeah? And her work speaks to why she is a big deal. Yeah. And like here it is, she's never done a skate deck with anybody. 
Globe has her on a deck branded with Globe stuff, and they're not even really pushing it, oh, really, yeah. you know? And it's like... Well, hopefully with this the, store yeah. opening, I mean, that you guys have a pop-up in there, people see it. I mean, there's, they're going to get a lot of traffic to that store. They're doing press for it already, which is, like, kind of awesome. So, I mean, you guys yeah. will probably get... Yeah, no, no, there's a huge display of, like, 30 boards in there. So, I mean, there's... Well, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, there, there's going to be, like, yeah, that's definitely definitely a good thing but you know I mean you're only as as big as the voice you as the room that you're yelling with you know you're only as loud as the you know is the room that you're yelling within yeah you yeah, know yeah. so it's like if they're just like if we are and just promoting it here in LA then then sure it'll get around here in LA but you're like, hoping it gets out farther yeah of well course. I mean it for, should for them they're sitting on a bunch of boards right now that they want to sell that they know, could be selling they could be selling very easily yeah <laughs> Um, speaking of uh, social media and uh, because like you've touched on a little bit like with the, the contest with the one fin one wave thing with uh, you know having an artist who's been named like number one Instagram of the year uh, do you think social media is helping or hurting surfing uh, surfing and the surf industry surfing like the, the culture like more of the <laughs> traditionalist culture uh, I don't think it's hurting it or helping it, really. I, I, I don't. I think it's social media is kind of indifferent. I feel like. Okay. I, I mean, <coughs> social media is—it's everybody, right? Yeah. It's not just the brands. It's not just the nobodies. It's not just the somebodies. It's everybody, right? So I mean, uh, I mean, I don't see social media really hurting the culture any more than the cultures get hurt on their own right right and I don't see it really helping the culture any more than the culture would be helping itself on its own because it's just the extension of people right it's basically just a tool in a sense yeah it's yeah. just an apparatus yeah it's not I don't think it's uh, I mean it can be used to the yeah. benefit of surfing yeah and it can be it can definitely be used to hurt surfing yeah but uh, like generally speaking it's its own monster yeah I don't really think yeah I mean it's got it's just gotten yeah. crazy I mean you think about it like like with how you have that contest like people could post clips so fast now like it's in skating right they talk about this like how the video part has died because of instagram yeah because like now like you could like well now thrasher owns the video part yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they own it yeah it's like you can't you'll never thrasher is the only place you get video parts now yeah and the only place that your your clip is validated yeah you know yeah you can't put it anywhere else no it's true well the company can release it Baker can release it or Enjoy can release they always it put on Thrasher. or Creature can release it but until Thrasher fucking puts their flame thing on it it's not as you, yeah. you, it wasn't as fiery as it could have been no I mean it's funny <laughs> look at every video video quote unquote video that's coming out I fucking miss 411 you know like like, Chaos. I, like I wanna do that's what I tried to like that that one wave one thing yeah. video announcement like we were like I wanted to like embrace like old 411 commercials you know, oh, like, that's a that's like, awesome. Like that's the that's the men that's what I want. That's what I would like to see on some level. Come back to skating and surfing. You know, not that surfing ever had that, but like like but, that whole look and that like that excitement. Just, well, just like just like remember when Palace first came. I like I liked when Palace first came out because like all their like all their videos were like of them doing like slappies on curbs before like slappies were even yeah, yeah. in again and stuff. You know, yeah. and like it was all just like really accessible. Like I went to the liquor store and we made a video part. Yeah, it wasn't you like know? some like like helicopter cams or whatever, yeah. or just fucking gnarly fucking you know, 
you know, quadruple kink fucking rail, whatever. It was just like, just kind of just like shitty camera, VHS yeah, camera yeah. type deal. And like, like that shit appealed to me. And like, I feel like all the old four and one stuff was done with all this tongue in cheek deal, which is why, you know, by Bodega so dope. Yeah, because it's just kind of just this tongue in cheek deal. Yeah, yeah, we get a lot of inspiration from that. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw the thing, like Huff actually did a tour video like three years ago that they shot it like 411 and they posted it on Thrasher and Thrasher got pissed, but it was basically like done through the filter and it had those graphics that was like France and it had that blue and white graphic and it was like sketchy, like shaking on the screen. And like, I was like, and everybody was like, this is the fucking dopest shit. Like this is what we grew up on and what we love. Yeah. Like we don't need to see some fucking high def crazy thing. I mean, I get this argument from some of my friends who are pro skaters, like they've left companies because of that. They've left companies because companies are like, we want to do high def videos that take five months to, uh, five years to make and they're like fuck that I just want to put my clip on Instagram and fucking let everyone see it I don't give a shit like yeah. who cares I mean you gotta kind of sit on it a little bit but then you also in skateboarding I feel like you know there is I feel like there is that element in skateboarding still where like parts do have like that sway in the sense that you don't want to fucking you know you don't want to let the cat out of the bag necessarily yeah, yeah. you know I mean surfing isn't really like that because it just, it just really, it's just kind of hard to like get days that allow you to really like open, open it up like that. Yeah. Whereas in skating, like, you know, like a skater can go fucking attack that fucking that spot and like you only see the part where they fucking land it, you know? You don't see the you didn't, 50 days. You didn't see <laughs> yeah. the part where they were trying to like attack it and like get at it or even muster up the courage to hit it or or to even find a day where there was no security guards or whatever you the know whole what I mean? package yeah. so um but uh but yeah so there's like i feel like skaters parts just i don't know skating is so much better than surfing just well it's, it's a little <laughs> different i think in the sense of like the anticipation right like i love that when we were kids and like you'd like wait to see the video, right? And you get the VHS copy, you're like, oh fuck, let's all sit around, let's fucking watch this shit, and then we're gonna rewind it or we're gonna watch it again, you know? It's like now with skating videos, like like what even if Thrasher puts out a part, you watch it once and you're like, I'm done, I saw it. Yeah, that's the bummer. Like you're like, ah, like you're like, oh, th- those couple of tricks were pretty dope. Like it's a shit. I mean, the, there are the exceptions to the rules. Like the Vans video came out, like. The Supreme video, like all that kind of shit. Supreme was yes, Propeller was great, Cherry was great. And like those all, were and those were videos that you watch over. Yeah, I sit at home and I watch it all the time. What was the last, what was the last surf video that you rewatched? The funniest thing you want to know something? The funniest thing? It's like the outermost limits of fun. It's like something from like yeah. fucking sixties, seventies. Like it's not even something in the last. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'll pop in like. Uh, glass love or like seedling or yeah or like broke down melody or something you know yeah, yeah. I don't really but it um, I remember uh, crooked a while back like some like five years six years ago or something like that uh, released a video called Narnar yeah Narnar is and, dope and it's just they just shot it all on VHS and then yeah. only released it on VHS yeah, yeah and like I don't know I mean if Innocence had money I would straight up like hire fucking Kevin or one of the homies to like go shoot a whole entire video for me uh-huh. and like we would just release that shit like at, like on VHS and yeah. like it would just be something that you can only get you know like no online you yeah. know no online 
I mean, the Forbidden Trim, I actually bought uh, the Forbidden Trim yeah. DVD off of George at Malibu. Okay. Which was kind of cool to, like, give him $10 cash and have him give me, a, like, a tangible, like, something, yeah. like a physical object. Yeah. You know, which, like, I remember my friend back in the day, my friend um, uh, Kyle McLennan released a video called Getting Loose. Uh-huh. And uh, it was all VHS. Yeah, it was a, and he just, like, literally just, like... I forget why he, like, for whatever reason, like, I think, like, the deal was you need to, like, print out, like, you need to, like, make, like, like, a thousand of them in order to, like, even get, you know, like, get them. So yeah, he yeah. had, like, a trunk full of these <laughs> fucking, full of these, sh this shitty surf, which, like, it's a beautiful surf film just because it's a shitty surf film. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, surf porn. It just has so much fucking surfing in it and, yeah. like, logging and stuff and, like, the music, like... I think his brother did the music, and God bless his heart, but it's just not my deal. So the music was kind of like whatever too, yeah. And um, and but like fucking Kyle would just literally just go drive up and down the fucking coast, back when there was like still like mom and pop surf shops, and like just go fucking to a surf spot, a surf shop, and just fucking sell it to people out of the trunk and. 10 bucks a pop, people, like, fuck, who doesn't want a surf video, Yeah, you know? for 10 bucks, yeah. I mean, mark my word, dude, if I get some, if fucking, if I ever, Innistern starts making money and people start actually buying t-shirts and shit, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna fucking bring some cool shit back like that, you know, where it's just I, like... It needs it, right? You know? I mean, I did buy, like, I bought that free Jasmine thing, I bought that DVD. Yeah, but that's the same fucking, like, if you've... Go watch any of the videos that have been made by any of the fucking filmmakers in the past yeah, five or uh, uh, let's just say like post two thousand five. Yeah. For, and it's the, it's the same fucking movie. Yeah. Free Jazz Vane's been made like five times, six times, seven times already. Yeah. You know, like like all the fucking uh, Captain Finn films, yeah. all the tin films. Uh, even like you know, God bless his heart, you know. But even this, the the Thomas Campbell films, it's like it's the same fucking video over and over and over and over again. Yeah. There, it's the same guys going to the same spots, walking to the nose the same way, you know. Yeah. And it's good. I love 16 millimeter film. The music's great. The yeah. marketing's killer. The surfers look good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like. But, like, I'm just so sick of seeing the same video. So there has to be something new. And hopefully... That, you know, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm, like, the fucking, the curator of the new or anything right, like that. Right. But, like, even, like, all the videos that I got from last year's One Wave, One Fin. Yeah. I asked for the surfers or video guys to send me a few of them, like, the raw files. Yeah. And, like, I just started chopping up a little video with a bunch of fucking bullshit iPhone stuff. Yeah, from yeah. My, from my, like... I dumped all my all the videos on my iPhone onto my computer finally just to make room on my shitty old iPhone and like I'm going through all these iPhone videos I'm like dude there's some hilarious shit it's like all like cherry shit you know yeah. it's like supreme you know like just random it's true there's nothing like that in you know, surfing it's just like just random kind of just whatever shit yeah. yeah and I'm like so I started chopping it up with some of these with some of these videos some yeah. of these clips of these good waves that were surfed really well yeah by different people yeah that are not in the same surf film that you've seen already. Yeah. Um, and it, it looked kind of rad. It looks refreshing. Yeah, I wish I, somebody else would do it. Well, maybe, <laughs> you you're know? get, maybe you're going to have yeah, to be yeah, the person yeah, to do it, which yeah, is yeah. dope. I mean, you definitely yeah. have the aesthetic for it. And yeah. I do think it's something like, I don't, it's true, I don't see anything like that in surfing, and it probably does need a little bit of that. Like, where, where, why aren't all these little kids making fucking fuck-off little cheesy little films that they post on YouTube? 
Yeah. Like, where are all the, like, you see where are all the little Spielberg kids, the little fucking yeah. wannabe Thomas Campbell kids running around fucking just, like, making stupid shit? They Yet the be. problem is, is everyone, maybe not the problem, but, like, part of the problem is, is that everyone is trying to be, like, Thomas Campbell or, like, you know, uh, Tin or whatever, or, you know, and make these tasteful longboarding films, and really, they should just, like, just fuck off and make whatever the fuck they want you know like even if it's just a bunch of nonsense it's true just yeah. you know no kids are really doing that you know or even with shortboarding I, or, and if they are I haven't seen them you yeah know? I haven't seen anything you know? I mean the last like it is like a format right I mean you brought up a really good point I didn't Dude, think these about... skate kids like you like when I was when I had the gallery of the Echo Park I had the second generation of Innocence Gallery was at inside a skate shop in Echo Park and those little Mexican kids, that the little local kids, they're fucking shooting themselves every day, just doing kick flips, you yeah. know, on the street, making videos that post on YouTube that have like 12 views. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the most realest shit ever. You yeah. know, it's like the best shit, dude, because they're like talking shit to each other and like, you know, like all the other stuff that comes with it. And yeah, stuff. you don't. None of that is in surfing. No, that's everyone's true. too cool. You know, for like whatever reason. Like it's almost reason. like washed over. It's like it's like. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Even the even the kids who are fucking doing it right aren't really doing it right. <laughs> no, 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 it's interesting. Like this is like really good to hear. Like yeah. I th- and I think people need to hear it. Um, so one question I ask everybody, and kind of like the the ender question, um, and you don't have to name the specific break if you don't want to, but what's your favorite break to surf and why? Oh, Rincon. Rincon. Yeah. <laughs> You're like there you go. Done. And why, why do you love it so much? Uh, I mean, just everything about it. Yeah, I won't really tell everyone why they should come up too much. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, no, the, it's, dope. It's, it's the queen of the coast for a reason. Yeah. I don't know who named her the queen, but I reckon that's a pretty fitting name. Yeah. No, it's, uh, no I mean, it's, it's a good it's a very good It's a very regal location. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anybody you want to thank, shout out? Uh... Thanks, Joel, for helping me out with the contest thing a little bit. Um, yeah, sh- shout out to anyone that um, is supporting Innocence in some way, whether you liked a photo or you put a sticker on your car or you uh, follow us on Instagram or whatever. Maybe you bought a shirt, dare I say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, thank you to those people, and that's about it, I think, yeah? Awesome. Well, listen, thanks for sitting down with us, and uh, yeah, see you around. Yeah, stoked. Thank you. That was our interview with Sean Tully. Um, Really interesting stuff. It was a lot of fun to talk to. I'm going to help to promote his contest as much as I can. Uh, I'm like I said I'm a big believer in it I also love his art and all the stuff he does Um, the shows that he curates with Innocence I think are really cool and the projects that they work on Uh, last year I mentioned in an interview but the video they did last year to announce the winners is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life for their contest Um, so I definitely suggest you check that out but uh, with that a little housekeeping this is the Bodega Border Group podcast volume 9 episode 9 Check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Check our page out, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com. And with that, I'm going to lead you into some tracks and then check in with you all later. Peace.
wonder why niggas wanna die. All I know is pain. All I feel is rain. How can I maintain with that shit on my brain? I resort to violence. My niggas moving silence. Like you don't know what I style is. New York niggas the wildest. My niggas is with it. You want it? Come and get it. Took it, then we split it. You fucking right, we did it. What the fuck you gon' do when we run up on you? Fucking with the wrong crew. Don't know what we going through. I might have to show niggas how easily we blow niggas. Let me find out it's some more niggas. That's running with your niggas. Nothing we can't handle. Break it up and dismantle. Light it up like a candle. Just cause I can't stand you. Put my shit on tapes. Like you busting grapes. Think you holding weight, then you haven't met the apes. Stop. Drop. Black bro. 
birds chirping. A real demon omen possessed by the devil. You dig the rhythm, and I'll play the running rebel. Change my style so I can freak the funk. Yo, past the Philly, his squad's got the blunt. I got the power to ramshack a stadium. Even Julie Bell, the Palladium. Yo, I'm from the Bulldogs, so I know it's the flavor. Sometimes I curse, but now I show behavior. EPMD, yo, is in this to win this. A brand new LP, so mind your business. No joking, I'm getting paid fully. You wanna buy the cassette? Stop by saying bloody. Yo, where's my hoodie? I wanna be hard and cross some ruckus. Talk with the B-boys, swing and blast some suckers. Walk like an Egyptian, but pack on my steel. Bust some go to court, make my own appeal. A torch as a kid or toe, never talk to a stranger. Cause I could be a headbanger. Heading for the light at the end 
of a tunnel with no specific target in sight. Slow the flow like H2O water. Visualize the scene of a homicide or slaughter. No remorse for the course I take when you pull it. The results are straight bullet. Niggas who knew hit the ground running and stayed down. Except for the kids who played on the playground. Cause for some little girls you'll never see more than six years of life. Trite. Ling when she fell from the seesaw But um, wait, my course isn't over Fled out of the other side of my head Towards a red ring rover Then I ricocheted, fast pass a brother's ass You damn what that nigga say? Aw, oh, fuck it, next target's Margaret's face And I struck it Now it's a flood of blood as it comes to stew a face And an abundance and brains all over the street Shame how we had to meet Dash and bucking, greet my fucking family. They follow behind me in an orderly fashion, bashing through flesh and wild, crashing through the doors. I project always to the fleckle for the tiles. I'm coming for you, little girl. Once inside, I shatter your world, swirl. No more dreams, no hopes when I spray. You better pray to the Pope or the Vatican before I go rap. Tadigan, I'm mad again, brother. Somebody's mother will be sad again. But whose blue skies will turn gray from the attack of the Mac 11? I'm a stray bullet. Nobody sees shit, nobody heard it. Nobody sees shit, nobody heard it. Nobody sees shit, nobody heard it. Great balls of fire, I'm traveling at higher speeds to proceed to penetrate flesh, hitting the spleen after splitting the chest of a queen's teen. Age of pages, shredded to pieces from the Glock 9 and its hollow tips. It releases the police in the back of the ambulance. Blood loss, I shift across your chest. Arrest, rupture, I'm the slupture slasher. A bush deliver faster. Blood pours, now it's up to the master. Boom, as they crash open the doors. Fake me, my prayer in the operating room. The body still consumes me. Doc had to remove me. Mm, Lord, why do they use me? I'm taking individual for keep hops a peep the cop in the ghetto busting shots the props and when i hit shit soon you forget me not cops try to explain to his pops what i've done i'm flip of the hollow tipper and i'm not the one and as a human i'm the surprising one rinse but i flow the ripper either way you never ever know how i'm coming man i'm worth a sizing rising in turbulence condensed into a bullet bullet now i'm making moves with no sympathizing oh uh, so take a hit nigga sprint Until the scenario, I'm at a party with oh, a lot of honeys playing the DJs playing the fudge fudge flow. Five niggas come up in the club for a rub. Another hit, another struck. Here comes Mr. Straight Bullet. Fouled the tip, getting my jollies from the screams and the rip in your chest. Then I flip, nip your liver, blood flowing like a river. Money starts to shiver. Then I give a delivery of burns. Bruises, fake shoes, and your renaissance. No response, your mom's is out cold. Figure I'm bigger, taking your heart, nigga, at 20 years old. Whatever, man. You ready to get this out of Whatever, man. You you saying, whatever, man. Hey, yo. Yo, I'm smoking herbals till it hurts you. I keep your door that way out past the curfew. Hard, far from commercial. We don't give a fuck when we smoked out in the land that's doped out. No doubt. From this bomb weed, I cop from the street. Get you open like butt cheeks from girls who be freaks. Hey, yo, can I be as the 
W.V. You the one, nigga. Shogun, Hostia. I'm rolling with the 40 pack of niggas. Get my weed from Branson, cause this sack's bigger. Yo, give me that, nigga. Well, I clap, lyrically tap, call back. Ferocious, causing comatosis to collapse. So cheeky eyed, I see people waving on the map. I make it hotter than your thermostat. Bomb MCs with rough megahertz, so call me Funk Dr. Verbal Star First. Lyrical expert, your boombox better form a union. Cause I leave your circus overworked. Word by, niggas front like they want it. But I be in the 500 with these steadily getting blunted. Damn, nigga, you cool at what you spitting. So why you holding the blunt so long, politicking? I'm acing blunts with the technician. I'm electrician. I don't got a pot to pissing. But still spin my last on hydroglycerin. I keep it live, no jive. Rolling Duchess, that's masters like the Furious Five. I keep your crew cheeky eye for bitches at the door. Why not? Why we talk on this? Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Hope you guys have been digging some of the tracks I've been laying down. Uh, again, this is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 9. Check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com. Make sure to go to the page. We are selling shit. Um, you can also go to, when you go to our Instagram, don't be shy and ask for sticker packs. I just sent out a whole bunch of people. I usually include pins and random stuff like that, so make sure to check it out. So we're going to end this episode because it's been kind of long uh, with a couple of quick short takes. The first short take has to do with uh, Palace Skateboard's new video. If you don't know Palace, um, they're kind of one of the dopest brands out there. Uh, they ushered in, I think, the hipper kind of more underground Euro brands to come through. And uh, recently they just added uh, Lucas Puig to their lineup, but they have a sick lineup with like Lucian Clark, Chewy Cannon, 
uh, Jamal Smith, like a bunch of people, but they just put out another video and true to fashion, it's like right on point with what they do, their whole image, their whole branding. The thing that everyone fell in love with uh, to the point that Jay-Z and Rihanna were in their shit to like fashion week and everyone started buying their stuff. But we put a link on our page to their video, so I think you should check it out. It's kind of the, the, the shit that, you know, Sean even talked about in his interview that we dig about uh, skateboarding and surfing videos, and we're hoping to see more of it in surfing. The second short take I have is to do with a contest that we're going to be involved with, uh, the Hot Dogger Championship. Uh, it's going to take place on October 7th on the south side of Hermosa Pier. Uh, they didn't do it last year. They did it the year before. It's such a dope uh, contest and experience for everyone to be involved with. They have all age groups, uh, young people, old people, pros, non-pros, the whole thing. It's just a fun full day of logging at the pier. Not the best wave in the world, but that's what makes it even more fun. Um, so we're going to have more information about that coming out, but we're going to be involved somehow. I think we're either going to be doing music there or we're going to be doing interviews or something. So I'll make sure to check out our Instagram account. Make sure to check out their Instagram account by searching for Hot Dog or Championship. The last short take I have is uh, for a video that Deus put a link up to, uh, one of their shapers. Uh, one of the things that's really cool about Deus is they'll have people come and shape in Indo, um, in their shop there. So they've had people like Ryan Lovelace, they've had, you know, Thomas Bexon, you have these, uh, Bob McTavish, they have these people who come in and kind of, it's almost like a residency, right? And they build a bunch of boards there and then they sell them throughout their shops all over the country. Uh, sorry, all over the world. And, uh, one of the boards that I checked out recently, uh, was by the shaper who's from SoCal, uh, called Forrest Mc Chinton, I think that's how you pronounce his name. His dad was a shaper as well. And he's referencing a lot of old shapes, um, which is really cool, but updating them to like new styles. Uh, so I think that's really dope. Uh, I have a link to a video that kind of just, it's a brief intro to him. I think it's interesting to see. Uh, it's always interesting to see uh, young shapers and where they're getting their inspiration from. So check it out when you have a chance. And that's honestly it this week. Uh, it's been a long episode. We're, <laughs> we're almost in the two hour mark. So what I'm going to do is I'm really going to end it with a couple of tracks and not even check in with you guys. Uh, we're keeping it track light just because the interview was long. And uh, I, th I hope you guys got a lot out of it. We have a bunch of interviews coming up. Uh, we interviewed Jack Sabala from Night Train Surfboards. That'll be coming up soon. But anyway, this is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Thank you so much for spending, you know, almost two hours with us. I hope you've been uh, listening to us in your car. Uh, make sure to check us out on Instagram uh, at Bodega Border Crew and go to our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com. There you could have links to uh, uh, all the stuff that we're talking about, the people we're talking with, links to our merch. Uh, don't forget to pick up a tea or something. We have some fun ones. But uh, anyway, with that, I'm just going to leave you guys with a little word of advice that there's no need to bust a craze on a wave. You know, there's more waves out there. There's more swell out there. Eventually, it'll come. Uh, but, you know, smile at your fellow surfers. Say hi. Have a good time. Say hi to them in the parking lot. Don't bullshit too much. Nobody wants to get too social. I certainly don't. I'm pretty quiet out in the lineup. Um, but anyway, just smile, share waves. And uh, with that, I'll see you out there. And I hope you enjoy the tracks. Peace.
strike is back. Diamonds only stars. Rage your whole empire. Man, poor man, read the headlines. Niggas getting murdered for spots and bigger dimes. Trouts and drug wars, living by gun law. Jail cats come home and wanna take you as a young one. Growing up broke, me and my people's at the cell phone. I guess we all in the same boat. Thinking, plus drinking at night Laying on the roof, singing, we need the next man to shoot. Doing whatever I had to do 
do to survive I'm not saying what I did was all right Trying to break out of the ghetto was a day-to-day fight Being down so long, getting up didn't cross my mind But I knew there was a better way of life And I was just trying to find You don't know what you do till you put under pressure Cross 110th Street is a hell of a tester Sing it. Awesome. 